Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Oh, yes, I think I need my music for the next topic. Hold on. Here we go. I tell you what, it's been a long time since I've been to the circus. A long, long time. But the reason I want to mention the circus today because circus families, I know we might have forgotten about them because we haven't seen a circus in so long. And they have been unfairly treated when it comes to COVID-19 supports. And this is according to David Duffy from Duffy Circus. And he joins me this afternoon. David, good afternoon to you. Hi, good afternoon, Niall. Thanks uh, for having me. Very traditional music in the background there, isn't it? I don't know where yeah. that I don't know where that comes from. And if a circus it's, does actually use that music anymore, do they? It's called Entry of the Gladiators. Oh, right, okay. It's quite traditional, isn't it? It is a great traditional, yeah. yeah. It is but wait, just, before we get into this, David, I'm just curious, when did the circus originally start? I mean, what is the history behind the circus? Um, well, the history be, um, behind circus in general, um, it was uh, started by a British cavalry officer by the name of Philip Astley in London um, many centuries ago. And um, then uh, about 50, 60 years after that, then, um, uh, a very, very distant relative of mine uh, decided to go off and run away and join a circus in England. Enjoyed it so much, and then he came back and started his own circus over here, and that was the start of uh, the Duffy Circus dynasty. And then you have all the, um, all the famous families around the world. Of course, Barnum's was the big circus at one stage many, 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 many moons ago. And, yeah. And here in Ireland, we all, we all know Duffy's, of course, has been famous in this country for a long, long time, uh, Duffy Circus. And, and David, you being a Duffy yourself, obviously have a very vested interest, but none of us have seen a circus in over a year, obviously. And the biggest problem you have is that there's a sense, of, well, I know I'm going to talk to Pat or, uh, Toby from Ain Tune a few minutes ago, but he talks about this snobbery or this attitude that you're excluded uh, as far as the revenue commissioners are concerned because your circus doesn't have a premises because you're on the move, essentially. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, we have been uh, excluded <clears throat> uh, by name uh, from the CRSS. Uh, I think we're maybe us and Funfairs were the only ones that were actually specifically mentioned. And as you say, it is because uh, of the fact that we don't work from a uh, public-facing building. Um, so you know, my, my, my ask to the government and... Uh, it's not just my ask, Niall, uh, in the Life Worth Living, which was the report of the Arts and Cultural Recovery Task Force, one of their main asks was um, for the government to come up to, with an alternative scheme to the CRSS, which, um, along with us, as I say, and fund fairs and everybody, all my colleagues in uh, the Event Industry Alliance, uh, mm-hmm. we're, all, we're all in the same situation. Because, I mean, you, I'm assuming you still have some level of maintenance costs, uh, you know, even though you're closed currently at the moment. Um, your yeah. staff, obviously, I don't know how many staff you employ, uh, David, or many people work with the circus. Uh, but I, I'm assuming some of them would be on a, PP, or a PUP payment, but others may not. I mean, how does that work out for them? Um, yeah, well... After we were closed, which was 13 months ago, Niall, uh, all our artists uh, came back to us to our winter base here in Navin. Uh We travelled not only with a company of 60 people, and most of them were here with us for many months. Um, so we were looking after them, and they stayed here with us until we could get them back to uh, their homes because they were from 11 different countries. So now there's only a small uh, amount of staff here. Um, but of course, like uh, we, we we have uh, we have bills every week, like uh, everybody else. You know, we we, we um, 
uh, we've had to put obviously the banks on hold, obviously uh, business loans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've yeah, because we've I mean the equipment is not cheap. Stuff. I mean, a, a circus tent in itself is, which I'm sure has to be replaced on a regular basis, uh, is not cheap. And I'm sure when you're purchasing big things like that, you would have to borrow money to do so. Those that money still has to be paid back. Yeah, I mean, what what happened really now was. Uh, I mean, if ever COVID was to happen, and and, uh, there was never a right time for it to happen, but when it did, uh, when it did break out, it hit us at our most vulnerable time, because like other circuses, we'd been closed for our winter months, November, December, and January, and normally through that time, we would use the reserves that we would have from the season prior to that to get ourselves back on the road. So, um, you know, you're looking at a figure of around 150,000 euro by the time we get everything tested. Um, you know, we are you know, upgrading our equipment and then obviously getting our artists in with visas and your, And your vehicles, of course, you have many vehicles on the road as well, obviously. Yeah. To carry all this equipment, that all has to be maintained as well. So, I mean, there is a huge amount of expense in it. There's, there's um, we have 30 vehicles here that have to be obviously uh, tested, taxed and insured. Uh, and we only got three weeks last year until we were closed down. We were closed down. The government told us to close because of uh, the public health risk. So, of course, we did. But after 13 months now being continuously told to stay closed uh, and being continuously told that we don't qualify for any uh, business support schemes, it's getting a little bit desperate at this stage. I, I, but I, can I mention, it's not just yourself, David. There's other, I suppose, there's the fairgrounds as well, which we see on a regular basis popping up in areas. Uh, those industries are very badly affected by this too in a similar situation because they don't qualify either. Huge, huge, Noel, and I say... Um, uh, um, not only like uh, the funfair industry, but as I said, um, everybody in the event, I mean, the, you know, event industry organizers, you know, the, the, the crew, the lighting technicians, sound technicians, uh, everybody involved in the event uh, industry, they're all in the same all in the same situation. Okay, well, stay there for a second because Pater Tobin joins me from Into as well, who has made representations to the Department of Finance and Culture and Arts. Uh, Pater, you describe this as snobbery, and it really seems to be nothing more than that, Pater, is snobbery, just because you don't have a premises. Yeah, but look, I, I make the point in this is that the, uh, the circus is probably the, the most successful performance art sector in the country. So um, most of your listeners will have been to a circus. Um, now, there's probably no other performance arts that exists that's the majority of your listeners can say the same thing about. Um, the, 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 the circus goes to all the towns in the country. and it, We've um, all brought our children to a circus. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, you know, it actually washes its face financially as well, normally. So it's, uh, well, it stands by itself economically, unlike most of the performance arts sector, which usually has to have some level of financial support from the state. Um, so it's been around since the 1850s, at the very, at the very least. Um, mm-hmm. It's part of the heritage of the country. UNESCO uh, are actually going to recognise uh, circuses as a significant and valuable part of Irish heritage, and you know, in the same way that Newgrange would be. And yet we have a Minister for uh, Culture, uh, Catherine Martin, a Green Minister, uh, who doesn't see the same value within it and is refusing to uh, make sure that this particular business can actually survive. And, now, what, and what, is, what is the reason for what you describe as snobbery? What is the reason for this? Apart from this uh, this uh, stipulation that, you you know, to get the up to five grand a week, this is from the COVID restriction support scheme, that you must have a premises. Is there some sort of reason for that? Because there are many businesses that don't have a premises. Yeah, so, so basically, again, the mind boggles why the government brought about this stipulation. The government should have said, 
any business that is suffering because of the restrictions will be supported. You know, the idea that a, a government can come along and put somebody out of business, take their living from them, and then stuff them with regards to any income is wrong. So why they created this particular rule, I don't know. And, and indeed, lots of other sectors were, were initially caught out in this. People like taxi drivers, uh, people like barristers, for example, who, who didn't operate out of uh, offices but out of the King's Inn. Um, mm-hmm. and, and most of those have had some level of rollback and some level of support now uh, by the government. Here in this area, uh, there is the Arts Council who have hundreds of millions of euros uh, to hand out to arts organisations. And I've been asking dozens of questions of, of the Arts Council, and they keep refusing to include the circuses. Uh, and but, I, even, I, but even the artists there, some of the bands that recently, we've seen a list uh, in the paper there, the Irish Independent, going back a few months ago, um, there was a grant made available for those who wanted to release albums or produce new music um, in, in relation to artists who obviously can't play live at the moment. And many of the artists were given, you know, a, a grant of a few grand or whatever it was. So has there been nothing available at all for this section of the arts? There's been very little outside of the PUP. And there has been very little. And the PUP is obviously for an individual to feed themselves um, while the, um, the, the COVID restriction support scheme, the purpose of that is for a business to keep taking over, that it doesn't go bust mm-hmm. in this time. And I, I do think this, this snobbery here, I do think there's discrimination. I think that there is a circle around governments, you know, what considers what is highbrow performance art. And I, I think maybe they don't believe that circuses are inclu- included in, in that highbrow performance art, despite the fact that it's actually the most successful performance art and the fact that UNESCO, it takes an international organization to recognize uh, it for its value. So, you know, I, I would ask people to, to not uh, accept this, to get on to their councillors and their TDs, and tell them to cop on, literally. Tell them that they need to get Catherine Martin to change her decision, and that we need to get funding into the sector ASAP, or otherwise it's going to be part of our history. Well, the, and, and this is the concern, David, you've already suggested, you know, and I'm looking here at the press release, you suggested that this, you know, it may be the end of the circus industry as far as you're concerned, because you're not going to be able to survive much longer. No, we can't, not after 13 months. Uh, and as I say, you know, we've uh, we've cost uh, every week that, um, you know, so there's outgoings every week. And now, as I said, if we ever get to the situation that we're allowed to go back on tour, um, we don't have the capital available um, to get our equipment and to get ourselves ready to go back. So, in other box. words, if the government turns around tomorrow and ends the lockdown and says, off you go, you can all open back up again, you have to get all your, your vehicles maintained, taxed insurance, you have to get your tent maintained or whatever it is that you use, yep. whatever, your generators, etc., etc. And you just don't have the money to do that because you've spent all your savings. That's exactly it. Um, and as you said, you know, between, uh, you know, insurance and uh, tax and uh, 30 vehicles, uh, public liability, employer's liability, all those. I'm sure that's quite expensive, by the way, nowadays as well. Yeah. It is huge. I mean, yeah. before this, probably insurance would have been uh, probably one of the, uh, the biggest threats to our business. Um, but now, obviously, uh, COVID has taken its place. I mean, this is the first time in my lifetime, first time in my dad's lifetime, that we have not been out touring at this time of the year. Mm-hmm. I've never not worked now. In, in all my life, I've been blessed. I've been lucky. I'm 60 now, and I've never been out of work. Unfortunately, that's the situation I find now, not to my own fault. The government told us to close because of public health risks. Of course, we've done that, and we'll stay closed until we're told it's safe to open again. But 
we can't do it on you our can't, own. You can't, no, you can't do it on your own. You, and, and by the way, other businesses around the country are not expected to do it on their own. Because I can tell you now, if the government wasn't bankrolling businesses in this country, people would be out on the streets. And yeah. that would be, and that, and Pada, you know that too. They're, they're, and the only reason that people are as compliant as they are, although that's starting to wane a little bit now, particularly when we look at the scenes in the United Kingdom, is because people are being bankrolled. Pada, it would be fair to say that's the only reason why businesses are being so compliant. Well, like, there's no doubt if, if you take a person's ability to feed their family, put a roof over their family's head, you know, give access to health care and education from a family, well, there's no doubt you'd have people on, on, on the streets. Um, and, you know, there's this, there's, there's this sentence that's used regularly by the government that we're all in this together. Oh, no. But that's clearly no, we're not, horse, we're horse not, manure. We're not all in this together. We all Absolutely know that not. at this stage. Listen, Patrick, thank you very much indeed. And David, I wish you the best of success. I wish, I really hope the circus can go back because I know there's many parents out there who are dying, you know, particularly during the summer months to bring their little kids to the circus. It's nothing better than sitting in the circus watching, watching the clowns with your balloon in your hand and your popcorn and everything else. I remember it as a child and I remember bringing my own children to the circus as well. So I, I hope that tradition stays with us for a long, long time and I hope you get the support you need. Thanks so much. Thanks very much. All right, listen, thank you very much indeed. And by the way, again, as Patter said, mention it to your own TD uh, that obviously the Minister for Finance, Culture and Arts needs to stop suggesting that circuses are not a a viable business or a valuable business in our society. They absolutely are. Uh, And then we go to Shane as well. Shane, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Shane? Oh, sorry, Shane. I need to switch you on there. I do apologise, Shane. Sorry, Shane. Go ahead, Shane. Hi, Niall. How are you? You're a small business owner? Yes, I have a martial arts gym, a taekwondo school in Galway. Okay. And um, I'm, I'm just getting increasingly frustrated because it looks like the government has cast a really small net for business support. Um, for example, Are you getting any business support? Your, your, your line is breaking up there. Just move your head, Shane, a little bit. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Go ahead, Quan. Yeah, I've managed to keep keep afloat over the last 12 months by doing online classes because we've been closed more often than we've been open, like most gyms. Yeah. And I've managed to keep things going, um, you know, earn a bit of a living and, you know, I'm on top of that and paying my rent and, you know, the utilities and all that stuff. But it's getting, it, it does a drop off month after month after month on the online classes. Of course, because it's enough. not the same. No, we know exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and I've, I've gone to my accountant, I've gone to my local CD who seems to be making an effort to helping me, but like even the CRSS, because I'm a raisable business, you have to have a drop of 75% of your turnover to qualify for a monthly support. And it's crazy because I'm at uh, 30%. So I'm almost there. And, and that 30% is your few quid for yourself, if you know what I mean. So, it's not even. Yeah, I but, haven't paid my mortgage. No, no, what I'm, what I'm saying <laughs> to you is, is that, you know, to sometimes losing 30% of a business will kill you. And it will yeah. just put you out of business. So uh, what I'm saying is that they need to look at this uh, for different businesses, depending on your turnover, I suppose. You know what I mean? That, that drop off it plays differently for different businesses. Correct. I just don't understand h- how hard it is to have a staggered system even. Let's say they had a certain amount of support for people that turnover was down 75%. Mm-hmm. Slightly less if your turnover was down 50%. Slightly less if you were down 25 or 30%. But at least it's a wide net. Everybody's getting some help and you don't have a group of businesses who are getting none at all. 
So from your point of view, you'd nearly be better off going out of business <laughs> to try and get support, which is not I, something I, you I want to do. It, but, I, but that's not necessarily the answer either because, like, I teach, I have a huge amount of children that I work with. Yeah. And, you know, it's keeping me sane, um, being able to interact with them online every, every week. And keeping and them sane too, them, yeah. They have nothing else happening. Yeah, so no, I get it. keeping I get them it. going. And I'm hearing from so many parents that it is a big help to their children, you know, that they have the yeah. interaction with me. So I don't really want to just shut down. No, look, I think I think everything, including what you do, drama classes, dance classes, and I know mm. many people around the country are listening can absolutely empathise with you who might have a small music class or whatever it happens to be, and, and they're involved in that type of business where they're dealing with the public on a small level. You're not making massive amounts of money. And and you just not are qualifying for this uh, for the COVID restriction support scheme because of the amount of money that you're you're still getting a small amount of money, be it online or whatever it happens to yeah. be. And I just think it's so unfair that all businesses are not being supported equally. It just is wrong. And many of those businesses just won't come back again. That's the problem. This this is the reality of it. And you know, I, I, I I'm hoping that you know we we get the go ahead to reopen soon. I know every you know I put myself in the same group in the gyms. In terms of you know um, the, the the demographics, but hopefully we we'll get some indication soon when we can reopen because the uncertainty is as bad as anything else, you know. Yeah, well, I'm sure with your business, by the way, you can easily social distance because if they're standing on the mat, I remember I used to go to a karate class when I was a kid. You'd be standing a meter or two meter apart anyway, probably. If you Absolutely. Had. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I I actually put in a, a big investment uh, when we reopened last summer into creating a one-way system mm. so that one class can leave out the out the, the fire exit when the next group can wait to come in. Yeah. And I have a massive facility, 3,000 square feet. Right, yeah. Is doing a, kind of a hybrid of some classes online, some in person, so that I only had half the numbers in the gym at any time. Now, look, I, I hope it works out for you. Listen, Shane, and, and I hope you get the supports and just keep knocking on the doors of those politicians. And hopefully Pat or Tobin, by the way, will help in relation to the circuses and many other businesses. And if you know or you are in a business that's not being supported, shout. You need to shout at your local politician. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic.